This is Justin Mason of Friends of Fantasy Benefits, Fangraphs, and Fantasy Pros, and the following is a recording of a two-day live stream event called Potapalooza. Potapalooza is an event that raises money for charity. This year's charity was Keep Playing Baseball. It was a two-day event with 10 hours each day with some of the greatest fantasy analysts in all of fantasy baseball. I've broken up these episodes into hour-long segments that we played on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast, the Sleeper on the Bus podcast, and the TGFBI podcast. So if you want to listen to all 20, you're going to have to go around to the different feeds. I apologize ahead of time if there's any audio issues. This is a live stream event. It's not something I can kind of go back and fix real easily in post because it's 20 hours long. But I hope you really enjoy all the content. You can still donate and potentially win prizes like like TGFBI entries uh, by donating to my PayPal, justinmasonfantasy at gmail.com or my Venmo at Justin Salinger. You can also re-watch the live streams in its entirety on my YouTube, which is at justinmasonfwfb. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to day two of Potapalooza 2023. I'm uh, I'm excited to be back for another live stream, a day of live streams. Uh, we are raising money today for Keep Playing Baseball, which is a fantastic organization that uh, that raises money to support young people trying to further their baseball careers. So high schoolers trying to go play college ball. Uh, junior college players trying to extend their college career and uh, and little league teams in the Sacramento area. Uh, yesterday, we raised over $2,000. Uh, really, really proud of that amount. Hoping that we can do that again today. Uh, if you want to donate, you makes you eligible to win prizes. We're going to be giving away a bunch of prizes every hour on the uh, at the end of each uh, episode or at the end of each uh, panel. Uh, and every dollar you donate does go to uh, keep playing baseball. Every dollar you donate gets you a raffle ticket for those prizes. For every thousand dollars we give away, we give away a spot in TGFBI next year. So we've already given away two, or we're going to give away two spots already, hoping we can give away three or four or five spots this year. Let's bring in our first panel of the day. We have Jason Collette, Jamie Steed. And Joe Pisa Pia, how you guys doing? Doing all right. Hey, does the association help 50-year-olds who think they can still play baseball join, or is it just for the younger kids? Uh, I, I don't think they do. But Shoot. I've been working yeah. on a knuckleball. I am ready to go because Major League Baseball needs a knuckleballer. We didn't have one last year as a pitcher. Yeah. There were some position players, but we didn't have a position. We didn't have a pitcher throw a knuckleball for the first time in a while and I, and I miss it. It's a great pitch. Yeah. 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 I asked Mason the same thing on my show the other day. I was like, Mace, you know, does this mean Welsh and I have another shot? Uh, Cause I can still hit. Yeah. I still hit. And now that this DH in the national league, I feel like, well, <laughs> you know, it's perfect. You know, I'll just be that lumbering DH guy. I can go, you know, full Dan Vogelbach, eat whatever I want and just kind of hang out and hit baseballs. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, I feel like I can do it, Mace. Give me a I, chance. I, I can walk. 
<laughs> I, 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 yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely take a walk. Like, yeah, I just won't. I'll get up there and won't swing. So, uh, out the box, chicken wing it with the elbow. Oh, I got hit. <laughs> Going to first. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I'm totally fine with getting hit by like a you know 95 mile an hour fastball. That's totally fine. That's not say that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. As somebody who's been hit with something in the low 90s before, let me tell you. It, it literally leaves the seam marks on your back. It is a mm-hmm. it is a stunning thing. Like it's so much pain so fast, and then it's just it's a reminder then for the next about I don't know five six days. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I've never been hit with a pitch that fast. But I what I have been hit with was <clears throat> I was sliding into third once and got hit with a ball thrown to third right oh, in the good. head. And it left the C mark right across my forehead. So that was a no helmet for you, or you ran so fast the helmet came off like Mookie Wilson. Yeah, no helmet. I don't run that fast. I mean, okay, I I run fast for a big guy, but not fast enough (laughs) to make anything. You're quick, fall. You're not fast. That's (laughs) the idea. Exactly. Right. There you go. All right. We are going to be talking some bold predictions. Hopefully, uh, it looks like Jamie dropped out. He'll be back here hopefully in a minute. But before we do that, give you guys a chance to promote yourselves a little bit. So, Joe, why don't you tell your tell us a little bit about yourself and where people can reach you on social media? <laughs> well, my name is Joe. I'm a bald and starting to become middle-aged man, and I enjoy uh, playing the PS5 now because I got one for my kids this Christmas. Mm, and that's, smart, uh, that's yeah. uh, No, you, I'm the host of the Fantasy Pros podcast for baseball and football and wagering and uh, also on Sports Grid. I uh, just wrapped our normal Sunday uh, television show, Matt Stryker, former WWE superstar, and I uh, talk sports every Sunday, 8 to 10. I don't know where you're going to find a two-hour TV show that talks about fantasy baseball, but we're it. Uh, so we're on Sports Grid, which is in a lot of streaming platforms, including Amazon Prime now, so you could check us out there. And, of course, check out the Fantasy Pros Pods. Oh, and there's this book that comes out every year called the Fantasy Black Book. It's number one in fantasy sports and in and in my heart like jason collette is who's going to be on our podcast actually in a in just a few weeks i'm very excited about him being our guest yes yes that's like <clears throat> i thought it was tomorrow at first i was like oh, no oh, it's, no it's early in march <laughs> it's, it's it's soon it's coming soon there but that's and you can find me on the twitter machine at joe pisa ps17 and that's that's plenty of places that's enough and I was just on the Fantasy Pros podcast with you and Mr. Welsh on Thursday. We did a little mock draft. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So definitely go check that out. Check out the Fantasy Black Book, man. It is a must-have for all of your fantasy baseball draft-related needs. Uh, Jason, where can people reach you? What do you do? Yeah, I think I told Joe this couple, either last year or two years ago, there's a there's a league that I auctioneer for. And afterwards, I was helping clean up, and, and there were three copies of the Black Book uh, laying around the room. Uh, uh, there were only 13 teams in this league, and three wow. of them were using the same source. So it was, it was like, hey, look at this. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was there. Those uh, are, the, By the way, they all finished one, two, three in the league. I'm oh, of course sure. they did. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course they did uh, with that. So, yeah. So I've, you know, been working on the uh the collect call columns at rotowire the bold prediction series hey fun topic here uh is done so we have 30 uh, i wrote up 30 hitters and 30 pitchers some uh are so deep that they didn't have a projection yet uh you know, I, I didn't find anybody who wasn't projected in all four because i did uh in the in the player cubes i did put the rotowire and then the three free ones that are in the Fangraphs player capsules uh, so it's just like okay here's what's out there uh, and looked and there were a couple that it, 
guys that were so deep because let's be real, like trying to put a Rockies <clears throat> pitcher, you're not doing a starting pitcher for the Rockies. Uh, and Daniel Barnes a closer. So what else are you going to do? You go out and find like the funniest name you can find in the, in the organization. That's the guy you write up. So I did some things like that. So I've been doing that. And then this is uh, Justin and I podcasting today, which normally happens at noon Eastern my time, uh, but we are kicking off today uh, and that'll be up in the, uh, in the sleeper in the bus feed uh, for that. And that's pretty much it. I've been guessing at a few places, uh, doing some Twittering, doing some uh, Mastodon, doing a little bit of both uh, different, you know, different things in different places, uh, and uh, getting ready to go to Florida. Uh, you can find me at First Pitch Florida next weekend in person because uh, I am heading down to West Palm Beach and getting out of this miserable uh, weather here that we're having in Charlotte this week. Yeah, uh, it actually snowed here, which is I was telling you before <laughs> the. Podcast or before we started the live stream, that this is the first I've lived in this area for twenty plus years, and it has never snowed. Uh, and we got we got snow yesterday. Not one. Uh, define. Here. Hold on. Define snow for you. Like what? You had an inch of snow. Oh yeah, I mean it wasn't like, very how, much snow, but it was snow. A couple years I mean, ago, it snowed for I mean, two weeks straight, in New Jersey. Oh, I remember that. And it was yeah, it was. I mean California. I know, like, but that's that's good. I, I'm trying to get there. You know what I mean? Like I'm just—it's my goal in life. I don't know how people live in places like Minnesota. We didn't have a single flake, and we had no ice this whole winter here in Charlotte, they, which is the first time in the eight winters that I've been. Yeah, but if you get a flake, here. they close the schools for three weeks. Oh, pretty it's much. A crazy, it's, it's, a, it's, it's we close it here uh, every day for every inch of snow. So when the first year up here, we had five inches, and schools closed for an entire week. <laughs> Uh, apparently we're seeing from the chat that we have a, a passing bomb, uh, Machado, Manny Machado has, uh, signed an extension. Oh, he will <clears throat> not be opting out at the end of the year. Uh, it, it, it appears, uh, hopefully Jamie, Wait, he wasn't uh, comes serious about that. No, uh, looking, maybe just leveraging a little bit. Man. You know. Manny Machado after yesterday's, I'm going to start a lot of Oh, one counts. Boy, I mean, how is that not a guy you want to make a long-term investment in when he says wonderful <laughs> things like that? you got to love Manny Machado. He is on brand at all times, isn't he? 11 he years, $350 million. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, I guess that means Juan Soto ain't staying around. <laughs> See you, Juan. Yeah, I, I don't think he is. Well, uh, they probably need either going to be $500 million for Juan Soto or three fifty for Machado, so I guess they took mm -hmm. Machado instead. Uh, so we are talking bold predictions. Uh, just a reminder, if you do want to watch uh, some of the or listen to some of these uh, panels later, uh, like Jason said, I'm going to be chopping up all of these panels into podcast form. They'll be available in their entirety over on YouTube. But uh, if you just want the one hour increments of, you know, hey, I want to listen to Joe Pizapia and Jason Collette. I don't want to listen to the other guys. Uh, <laughs> they'll be available on uh, this one will be available on the Sleeper in the Bus feed. Other ones will be available on the TGFBI podcast feed and the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast feed. If you want to listen to all 20, you're going to have to go around and subscribe to all three podcasts. That's how I hook you in. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk some bold predictions. Uh, Joe, I will let you lead us off. What is your first bold prediction? prediction for 2023 all right well <clears throat> this is funny because i feel like this is almost a rehash of um last year where i was very pro christian javier and everybody told me well there's no path for him to the rotation blah 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 and then jaco derizzi showed up and people started dropping him in some leagues i was like what are you are you high like if he's around go pick up this guy and <clears throat> now with lance lynn having this injury again and it's just it's crazy i mean he really like every, i'm not talking to lance lance mccullers excuse me every year with the same issues with elbows there's going to open up a spot for hunter brown 
And I'm looking at Brown, who's going to make, I think, 15 starts this year, possibly more. Uh, I, I'm terribly concerned about McCullers because it's the same kind of issue. We're having issues with the elbow again. It's, you know, we come back to Strasburg, who has chronic issues and chronic things like that. You know, some players, we always say they're injury <clears throat> prone. And then there's players that are injury plagued. You know, like Jacoby Ellsbury used to hurt a different part of his body every year in some weird way. But then there's guys like Strasburg that it's always some sort of arm or something related kind of thing. And with McCullers, it's starting to feel like that too. So he is more in that pile for me. So I'm looking at Hunter Brown as a guy last year in a small sample. He only had the two starts, but he had, you know, the seven appearances. He looked lights out. He looked exactly like the pitcher you thought he was going to be. And they don't have the depth that they used to. You know, when you have Justin Verlander gone from this rotation now, you're putting a lot on Framber Valdez, a lot on Javier, frankly. So if there's any other issue with any other guy in this rotation, I mean, Hunter Brown's path is now opened up. And I think if you're looking and being honest with yourself about the ADP of certain players, right? The ADP of Lance McCullers, even now with this injury, is still around, you know, guys like, you know, frankly, like Lance Lynn or guys. I mean, I'd rather have Lance Lynn in a million times over. Charlie Morton, I'll still take my chance with old man Morton. Brady Singer, all those guys. Even John Gray, uh, Reed Detmers. I'd take all those guys over him. If you look at the ADP for Brown, right now he's practically free. He's at 243. He's a 72nd pitcher going overall. So to me, I think that's the way I'm going. And I think he's a guy that could make 15 starts this year because I think McCullers has opened this path. And again, if any other injury happens, save them making a big move, which they don't have all the chips anymore to make those moves because they've missed draft picks. I think Brown is in for a much more productive season than we realized. I like it. I mean, I think, you know, the, the biggest question mark has been the path to playing time and that path is opening up. I think there's also a path through Jose Urquidy if for some reason McCullers finds out. Uh, I, so I like Hunter Brown a lot. I think you're, I think you're right. I think he's, he's, uh, Prime for a big breakout this year. Jason, what is your first bold prediction? How about Blake Snell for Cy Young? Uh, so let's, let's I, go I that way. Then he'll have crazy. one from each league. He'll join. Bold. That's an elite class, right? Who are the guys that have one in each league, right? Is Vita Blue, Johnson? Vita Blue, and Gaylord Perry, and Randy Johnson, I think. Are Randy the only Johnson, I know how. Wow. Look at that. And Blake Snell. Oh, man. So that's Jeez. where that's where I'm going. Uh, does Max Scherzer, does Max Scherzer have one in both leagues? Did, let somebody pop might. in the chat. I'll, I'll right. look while Jason talks. Okay. I was I'll pulling that off the top of my head. So <laughs> with the with the thing with Snell and I, you know, you look at last year and he got off to a terrible start. Was zero five. I mean, everything looked terrible, and all the I told you so's were out there. Uh, and then he then he really turned it on in the second half of the season. Had five different games <clears> of ten plus strikeouts, and has really adjusted his repertoire nicely. Uh, and just love how he was executing it, and not just you know, pitching from behind as often as he was. So I really liked what I saw from him in the second half. You know, he's only had one season where it's all come together, and that's the year he won the Cy Young. And since then, it's been 130 innings or fewer every other time because, you know, he's done something, uh, you know, broke his toe in the bathroom on, I don't know, Giant Bong. I don't know what that thing is. Who has a big <laughs> oh, statue? Man. I Who has a big statue in there? But anyhow, uh, the one season, everything worked for him. We saw what he can do. Uh, and I'm – that's my bold prediction. That's what's going to happen here again in 2023. And you know, San Diego is primed for that kind of season where they can give him the offensive support because half the half the picture of being in that Cy Young conversation is having the wins. And so if he's got that kind of run support, that gets him there. Uh, and we know he can pitch five to six innings if he's really feeling it and he hasn't been chasing all the strikeouts. He can get into the seventh. 
uh, especially now that he's out of my team. And, and you know, even last year, I think he only went the seventh twice uh, when I looked at everything with it. But he's in a really good spot to get the wins, and then it's just the rest of it's up to him. Can he get the strikeouts? Can he keep? Can he control his walks and the home runs so he can get the ratios? And then he is in that discussion. But I'm I'm going to say Blake Snell for Cy Young as my first bold prediction. All right, the pitchers who have won a Cy Young in both leagues: Gaylord Perry, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Roy Halladay, and Max Scherzer. Well, I missed some obvious ones. Where did I come up with Vita Blue? I don't, I don't know. know. It sounded good, though. <clears throat> it did. I, I believe good. you. Um, there's a bite of which is maybe because he won the MVP and Cy Young in the same season. There's something out there. Okay. This, is, uh, th- this is Patrick crazy. I love Blake Snell. I want Blake Snell to be good, but Blake Snell cannot stay on the mound. And I think in order to win a Cy Young, you have to be able to pitch more than 130 innings. We just haven't seen it recently from him. Uh, I, I hope you're right even though he won't be on any of my fantasy teams because I, I love watching Blake Snell pitch when he's on, but I just, I, I don't buy it. Not You're not here first. I <laughs> I did. I did. And you know what? I it, <laughs> If it happens, I will pull this audio and I will replay it for everybody again. What are the odds on it? That's what I want to see. I want to see. Oh, that, there you board. go. That, I'm that, going to look. I'm going to look. Do you have a bold prediction while I'm looking up that, Justin? Yeah, I, I'll go bold right. prediction. Uh, when I was thinking of bold predictions this morning while uh, while I was getting set up for Potapalooza, it seemed like I had a lot of outfielder bold predictions, uh, which is good because I think a lot of people have said outfielder isn't as deep, especially at the top. Right. Uh, it used to be. So a lot of my bold predictions today are going to be outfielders. I'm going to start with my boy, TJ Friedel, will be a top 30 outfielder this season you're getting tj friedel outside the top 350 crazy in adp he has power he has speed he is leading off in cincinnati which is a fantastic park to hit in tj friedel's my boy um and i understand there are concerns that he could platoon understand there are concerns that he plays on a really crappy team but everything else is lining up perfectly for for tj friedel so i am grabbing him in every league that i can what say you? Uh, I, I got no problem with that. Um, I, I just want to throw this out there, too. I did see the odds. Blake Snell, you want to take a guess what the odds are, Colette, for him, for Cy Young? In case you want to make some money. 120 to 1. No, no. It's uh, plus 3,500. So you're getting 35 to 1 on Blake Snell. So maybe you just throw a buck on there if you want to just, just make, you know. Take yourself yeah, out to London. going to Vegas for the main event. Yeah. Well, <laughs> money. Hit me up. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to drop 20 on it just for the hell of it. <laughs> well, here's the fun thing. You know, the thing about if you look at the rest of the National League, though, I mean, look, I've got money on Spencer Strider and Burns right now. I've got that's my investment. Burns is at plus 500. Strider's at plus 1,000, which I think is a great number for him. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Scherzer, and Verlander are older. Like, it's, it's you know, Alcantara's in that mix, obviously, too. He's the favorite along with Burns, but the National League is a little bit more wide open, I think, than people realize for that kind of an award. And Joe Musgrove is actually at 30-1 to right in front of him, and Musgrove at one point was one of the leaders in National League Cy Young on the board. So that's kind of an interesting spin there. So maybe Colette isn't as crazy as you think, maybe? He is. He is. (laughs) Yeah, but I I still love him. Like, that doesn't, like, you know, shy me away. Hey, I would pull this. Remember, I don't know if y'all get the invite. Mark Simon, when he was at ESPN, would send send out this this whole preseason thing. You have all this survey, uh, and you you do your awards predictions before the season. 
uh, and the year that Yelich won the MVP, that was my NL MVP prediction. I was the only person who made that prediction. And there's like this clause in this whole thing. If you are the only person who hits something, you get an extra 100 bonus points. And I won the overall contest because of that Yelich prediction. Nice. That was the only one. So that's the Snell thing. That's what I'm going. I have the track record. I did it once. So I'm trying to go again here. And, and I'm, I'm putting that one out there. So there you go. Yeah, we, we've done that. Uh at fan graphs for pretty much every year that I've been there. Um, and I have made illustrious picks like Andrew Heaney to win the Cy Young and Garrett Richards to win the Cy Young. The Cy Young picking has not gone my way. So maybe, maybe I need to start just picking like you. Well, you got to move oh, out yeah. of the hey, point 0.01% chance of happening. You got to get to the 1%. Yeah. 0.01 year Last year on the show, uh, we, you know, on the, on the Sunday wagering show on Sports Grid, we all put money in together. I had a big, I had a whole segment on why you should put money in Justin Verlander at 25 to 1 in Cy Young. And it was just an easy narrative. And guess what? We made a lot of money on that. And we doubled down on it when it went from 25 to 10 to 5 to 2 to 1. We just kept reinvesting more money and more money in it. And the only person that stood in his way was McClanahan, who frankly hadn't done it for a whole season. And, right. you know, that was the case. And Verlander, of course, the good, you know, those are media awards. So that's the other thing, too. Like, I don't know how much of a media darling Blake Snell is at this point in his career. <laughs> like, that's the only thing. He's but a Twitch media darling. Uh, he is. He's, he's a, a social he's a media darling. traditional yeah. media yeah. darling. New age media <laughs> darling. <clears throat> yeah. I don't, I don't know that they have a lot of votes for Cy Young, but um, they should. Joe, What's your next bold prediction? All right, here we go. You ready? Maybe I've spent too much time with the Welsh in the last couple weeks, but Probably. here we go. Corbin Carroll, 30-30 rookie season. How about them apples? You like this? Let's go. People say the power is not there. I say you're wrong. Uh, stop with the whole short guys can't hit for power thing. I hate this. This whole thing about Altuve. In fact, he's here. Where is he? He's right here behind me. This very bobblehead was in a bet with Ariel Cohn. That Jose Altuve wouldn't hit 20 more than 24 home runs in whatever season it was. And I said, All right, if I win, you have to buy me a Jose Altuve bobblehead of my choice. So I chose the <laughs> Game of Thrones one. And stop with this whole like the short guys can't hit home runs. I'm a short guy. I hit the ball pretty far. Look, Corbin Carroll is a unique talent. It's a good ballpark, good situation. He's got a little bit of lineup protection there. He's going to get a ton of at bats if he stays healthy, too. I think the 30 steals is something you could look at and be very positive in. But he's also one of these minor leaguers that played with the pitch clock last year. And I think a lot of these minor league hitters are going to have a little bit more of an advantage than people realize because they're already in, they already know this. Like this is already part of you know what they've been doing for the last year. So I think there's like a slight advantage for some of those guys, especially early on. So it might be bold. Yes. Do I think he probably falls short of it? More like a 25 home run guy and 30 steals, probably. But that's no fun. That's not bold. So let's say 30-30. That sounds a lot better. You know, I I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen because I don't think he's got quite the power. But I legit think he could be 2040. Um, it's very possible. I mean, like he you saw him steal a base yesterday on the base pads, and he is fast. Like that catcher had zero chance of gunning him out. Like it would not surprise me if him and a lot of the Arizona Diamondbacks just run wild this year. So I don't know that I'm buying the power in year one, uh, or the full year one, but I think I'm definitely buying the speed and I think I need to actually up his projection in my projections for to account for that because I think he was just going to run absolutely wild as long as he's getting on base. Uh, Jason, you think he's got any shot of a 30-30 season? Uh, no. Okay. Not, it is not the it's not the power that I'm worried about. You got, we may be selling the steals low. I mean, the, the speed is utterly ridiculous as long as he gets on base. 
uh, he should have plenty of opportunity to run. We may be under uh, underselling his steals. The 30 home runs, I guess maybe I'm just jaded because of all the different baseballs that we've had over the past few years. Which one are we, <laughs> which one are we yeah, truly going to get uh, with things? But 30 home runs is a, is a high bar. Uh, like I, like there's like 10 hitters I would say could hit 30 home runs in a season hey, right now. 588 safely. slugging percentage over 142 games of the minor leagues. Yeah, but a lot of that's leg, a lot of that's leg driven though. I mean, you, you got that kind that's of true. speed, a double, a double and triples out of slugging, especially at Reno. Uh, yeah, where he, where that hitting environment that he's got in Triple A, so sometimes well, you got to look at that. Twenty eight home runs McCarthy. in one hundred forty two games too. Just yeah, I faded that. Right. Jake McCarthy's somebody that I'm not where the rest of the market is, and that's not my bold prediction. Uh, but you know, that's I'm not where the rest of the market is on McCarthy <clears> because so much of his stuff is is driven off the speed, um, and it's not as great as you know Carroll's is you know, elite. Uh, with that. So, but my bold prediction jumping over and staying in the NLS though is looking at, <clears throat> at Gavin Lux as a top 10 second baseman uh, this season. Oh. And he's going to get that shortstop eligibility uh, in the season too. But with Lux, let's not forget that, you know, you go to the Spangarts page, you see that future grade value of 70 sitting there. And you know, talk about how hard it is to hit 30 plus home runs. Talk about earning 70 value as a prospect on a 20 to 80 scale. Um, and I, you know, I, I believe, and Justin, I believe I heard you guys talking about this the other day. Uh, you and Paul, where you're basically talking about uh, with Lux and his, and his upside, because people are now like, uh, maybe it's time to move on from him. And why are you moving on from a guy who had a 70 grade at one point? You know, this winter, he's, he spent some time, gotten a little bigger. Uh, Dave Roberts is out there saying, <clears> you know, <throat> we want you to be more aggressive, uh, him and Miguel Vargas than both guys. So they're, they're saying all the right things. They're giving him the opportunity. Uh, and we know he has the skills to do it. He just hasn't done it at the major league level on a full-time basis. You go back and look at the minor league numbers. So if we're going to talk about what Carroll did in the minors, go back and look what Lux did as a minor league. And it's ridiculous. Uh, so that's where I'm, I'm, I don't want to give up on Lux. We, everybody else, seen, not everybody else, don't want to talk in absolutes. Many people have started to try to move on uh, from that direction. I'm encouraging people to stay around one more time and see what he has. Now, if if the defensive issues, if moving the shortstop gets into his head, it could all go sideways and, and you got to move on. But at the market price right now, he's still outside the top 200 comfortably um, last time I looked. And that's still a, a very strong buying opportunity. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I love Gavin Lux. I uh, we know the prospect pedigree, uh, and you know I'm going to talk about it here in a second with my next guy. But uh, the fantasy community gives up on these guys if they don't succeed or aren't stars right away, uh, and people forget. Like Lux was like a legit top ten prospect. Uh, he's finally going to get full run this year. Yeah, the defensive stuff could get in his head a little bit. I'm not super worried about that because he has so many places he can fall back on, right? Yeah. It doesn't work at shortstop. He can go back to second. He can go to center field. He's shown he's a pretty good defender at both of those spots. So I think uh, I think Lux is prime for a big-time breakout. Uh, I have I a question for the two of you. Like, What's the Venn diagram? Because you mentioned it there, Justin. What's the Venn diagram look like? of the fantasy community who is all in on somebody with after one rookie after a rookie season of greatness versus you know three seasons of they haven't done it so I'm ready to move on it seems like there's more energy put into believing what the guy did right out of the gate like you know let's call it, let's say Michael Harris uh, you know, everybody is all in on Michael Harris right. and they're all out. I mean, there is a 280p gap between Michael Harris, the second and Gavin Lux right now. One's going uh, just inside the top 35 and one's at 235. And it, it's like one season we're all in 
three seasons, eh, that 70 grade, maybe everybody was wrong. Let's move on from it. I just, you know, sometimes I see that where I see more effort defending being all in on the younger kid and people quickly moving along, uh, moving away from the guy who had the pedigree, who hasn't really had the full, hasn't really put it all together yet. And Lux is still young. And so thoughts. Uh, part of the reason why I think the, the Lux situation was also, you know, I think people forget the year he was supposed to be a thing was 2020 yeah. where everything got thrown into chaos. And I think from a, I don't know, a development standpoint or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, there's nobody really playing baseball for a long period of time. Right. And I think that's really hard for a player who's just about to crack the major leagues. And it, he was terrible. I mean, he was God awful that season. What did he get like buck 79 or something like that? If memory serves, right. He was really low. Yeah. Uh, so he then has to kind of remake himself. And I think then you take that mental hit a little bit as a young player where you go, Oh man, I failed at the big league level, but it was such a weird set of circumstances. And I, and I think when a player is still 24, 25 years old, you should have a little bit longer leash if they have the minor league track record to back it up. And he is a player that they haven't shown confidence in yet. So he's almost one of these guys. Like if for some reason the Dodgers give up on him, I'm fascinated to see if some other organization takes a shot and just leaves him alone, lets him play every day mm -hmm. in one spot. If he can become that guy, people forget, you know, it's more than just the numbers, they're people. And I'm sure this young player had a lot of confidence he was going to be the guy. He was he was on the board. I remember he was the favorite for rookie of the year. Yep. And it became a laughing stock by the time we got to the end of the season. Like I can't believe that was the guy that was the early favorite for nationally rookie of the year that year because he just completely bottomed out. But I'm with Jason where you know, especially at that cost, why not take a shot on Lux? He's only 25. Like he he's been in the league for three full seasons and a partial, and he's only yeah 25. Like he's, so was Aloya Menez too, by the way, on that same clip. Yeah. Let's not forget how young that guy is who's had injuries, but he's shown you, oh, my God, how if, good he could be. If Eloy stays healthy, I, I mean, he's a, probably a top five. And he's in shape. The, spring, yeah. the, converse, you know, the converse argument is Eloy 2020 was his, you know, that was his thing. You look at those numbers in that crazy season, and he was – yeah, he was crazy good in 2020, and then it's been, you know, some, some – Well, he was crazy around. good in 2019, too. 19 as well, yeah. <laughs> 2019, his rookie yeah. season was pretty damn spectacular. Right. Yeah. But he unfortunately, was crazy like, good. He was crazy good at the end of last year. Like from yeah. when he came back from his injury, he was like a top 10 fantasy player. Like it's it, funny. You know, I remember watching him here in Charlotte and he would be out in the outfield in the, you know, the pregame national anthem. And he just looked, it looked like Aaron judge standing next to Jose Altuve and you know, pick another guy. Right. It, like the three outfields would be together and be Eloy Jimenez is this giant. And the other two, it may be, could have even been like Adam Engel and, Gavin Sheets standing next to him, but Eloy looked so much larger than everybody else out there. And they made him play left field uh, in Charlotte, which is nice because it doesn't Stop have making him play the field. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know. Please, just let well, him They had Jake Berger playing DH at that point, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my next bold prediction, like I said, uh, it's going to stay in the outfield for a little bit at least. Um, and, and it is a guy who's a former top prospect that everybody has buried even more so than Gavin Lux. And that's Jared Kelnick, man. I think he's <laughs> a top 40 outfielder this year, probably even a top 30 outfielder this year. Um, we bury got these guys in, in the fantasy community. They don't succeed. And especially when a guy struggles as much as Kelnick's uh, struggled coming up uh, to the majors, on the bright side, this isn't like a Spencer Torkelson situation, right? Where Spencer Torkelson came up, struggled, went back down to AAA and struggled. Kelnick went back down to the minor leagues 
and just raked. I think this is almost all mental. He's worked all offseason fixing his swing. He, all reports are that he looks amazing. He's going to compete for that everyday job in Seattle. Jared Kelnick was the no, can't-miss prospect, right? <laughs> Just a couple of years ago, the can't-miss guy that had the highest floor and the highest ceiling, and now nobody wants to draft him. I'm taking Jared Kelnick everywhere. What say you guys? You know, there's been a lot of those guys in our lifetime, those can't-miss guys that have missed, you know, whether it be the Jerks and Profars or the, you know, the Brandon Bundys. Lewis. and I, yeah, Brandon Woods and other. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember as a kid all the Todd Van Poppel rookie cards and thinking that that guy was going to be a star, right? It just sounded good. You know, it just, it unfortunately, it happens sometimes in Major League Baseball, but it's with Kelnick, it does feel like it's a confidence issue <clears throat> at this point. So spring training doesn't mean a whole lot, but man, for Jared Kelnick, it does. Like if he has a good spring, that goes a long way to making me feel like what you're saying could happen because I think the Mariners still support him. They want it to happen. They gave him a pretty long leash, I think, at times, with considering how bad he was. So now it's just a matter of, look, you got to have a good spring if you're Jared Kelnick, and you got to parlay that into a job with the big league club and then hope that he has a good April. Because if it struggles again in April, uh, it is going to be really tough, and he just might be one of those names where you go, oh, you know, Jared Kelnick, one of those guys that, you know, Lasting's Millage, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't trade Lasting's Millage as, as a Mets organization for Manny Ramirez because how good Lasting's Millage was going to be. Let that sink in. And right now, you know, Seattle, when that trade happened, everybody was laughing. Oh, the Mets took Cano and Edwin Diaz. Well, who's laughing now? Edwin yeah. Diaz was unhittable yeah. last year. And I know they took the Cano contract, but sometimes you got to pay to get the 24-year-old closer of the future. So, look, I mean, at this point, it is – it's a risk worth taking because outfield is so bad, but he needs to have a good spring for me to buy in a little bit. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, there's a, an excellent <laughs> article on Fangraphs by Esteban Rivera, uh, who wrote he wrote this article in early October uh, this offseason about Kelnick, and I encourage everybody to go look at it because uh, it taught and it shows there's like a table in there month by month progress. So like he has been getting better, and he look he has some video clips mm -hmm. and shows. You know, this is some things he's been working on because one of the differences you know, for me and, and yeah, some of it could be mental, but, you know, major league pitchers don't care. They have, they, you know, if they find a weakness, they're going to expose it. And that's what happened early on with him. It's like, oh, you can't cover this part of the zone with your swing. <laughs> We're going to pound this and, and make you do it. Uh, and then as so then as he adjusts to that, it's like, okay, now you're cheating on the fastball. Guess what? We're throwing you a ton of breaking balls and let's see what you do there. And then he couldn't, he couldn't do that. Uh, and so, he, so he's beginning to make some adjustments, and that's what you want to see. You want to see guys that are trying to make adjustments, uh, but it's not. It doesn't guarantee future success. You know, success is not linear. And as, as he fixes one thing, then what else does it expose? Another weakness. Uh, but I encourage people to go read that article because it shows it shows that there's progress happening. And I agree with Justin. We can't write him off. It, just like I was saying earlier, just because he you know, he's done this doesn't mean he's dead to us. Now, do you want to take him in the top 100 like we were talking about this time last year and all of his upside? No, you don't need to. That's the thing. You don't have to do that. But you, you can't just say this guy hit a buck 37. I'm out. I'm, I'm gone because you've missed some of the growth. And this is where it really takes, you know, get into baseball savant, go look at the breakdown and go see the in-season progress because we often talk a lot about that the season numbers will hide some of that in that in-season progress 
but <clears throat> you can't you can't walk away from Kelnick uh, just yet. If I'm going to sit here and defend Lux and all this other stuff, Kelnick falls right into that same boat. Yep. All right, Joe. What's your next bold prediction? All right, I was going to make people upset. Sorry. Uh, I don't even know if it's bold anymore, but I think it's bold considering where the hell his ADP is because I think it's freaking absurd. And I just did like 15 minutes of it on the show this morning. And I just, I, at this point, uh, Jacob deGrom is going to make less than 15 starts this year, period. End of story. And and uh, people say, well, that's, that's not a bold prediction. But, you know, it is considering he's the fifth starting pitcher going off the board. I understand. I get it. Uh, I'm a Mets fan. I watched it. It is glorious. When he is on... It's it's like a video game. It's like something you've never seen. Or he is just so special and so good. We've already got off to a sour start already. And the funny part is, after this week, his ADP hasn't moved. It's still at five. Never like everybody just wants to sit here in this false reality. And I know it's fantasy baseball, but you're living in a freaking fantasy if you think that Jacob Degrom is going to go out there and make thirty starts for the Rangers this year. And if you're taking a guy as a top five starting pitcher, that has to be built into that equation. I have him as a barely top 20 <laughs> like because i understand in roto leagues well i'll take the quality of the hundred innings maybe he gives me but i can't i, I play in way too many head-to-heads and i'm a points guy everybody knows that anyway like that's just my preference of of league guys who miss starts kill you and i think it's also very telling that if you look back on what happened this offseason the mets made a i would say what i'll call it a ceremonial offer to jacob de right it was like hey we love you. You've been part of this organization. Here's something fair based on the fact that you never pitch. And he went and he took a crap load of money from the Texas Rangers. If the best pitcher in baseball is on the market, shouldn't the Dodgers or the Astros who need a pitcher or um, you know, the New York Yankees, where were the other contract offers for Jacob DeGrom? And I think that's very telling that the best pitcher in baseball in theory was out there on the market and nobody wanted to touch him except one organization that's desperately trying to get people to the ballpark and change the face of what they are, and it's the Texas Rangers. And I know that's a tough pill to swallow, but at the five overall starting pitcher, I just can't get there, guys. I just can't do it. I mean, I love Jacob DeGrom on a per-inning basis. Uh, but <laughs> All 12 right, I mean, of them. <laughs> and, and, and that, that's the problem because, you know, like I, I did full projections this year, and – when I did Jacob deGrom's projection and I was like, I've got to be conservative with the innings. And I gave him, so I was like 140 innings. That feels conservative, right? That's not a lot of innings. That's it. He was easily the number one player in fantasy when my projections, and I was like, okay, well, I have to tamp down these projections a little bit because he, there's no way I can draft him as the number one pitcher, much less the number one uh, uh, player in fantasy. Uh, he is legitimately amazing. Like out of this world, head and shoulders above everybody except for Otani, uh, when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. I just I, I don't buy the health. And so I, I have not drafted him this year. I was in a draft recently and I even texted Jason. I was all I'm in the fourth round and it looks like DeGrom's gonna get to me. Like, how do I pass this up? Thankfully, I didn't get the choice. He went two spots before me, but Jason's like, I'm not touching him in the fourth. I'm like, oh, I'm with Jason. I mean, I'm not touching him because I can get Manoa, I can get Musgrove, I can get Darvish, I can get all those other guys that I just feel like, uh, look, I understand it's the quality of the starts, but the quantity is such a problem. And then you're, and the other thing it does, Jason, maybe you can equate to this too. Like if you have to take him where he's going in ADP, not only does it sink your rotation if he gets hurt again, because you've made such a big investment, but don't you also then you've missed out on another elite hitter 
in those first couple rounds too. So it sets back your offense as well. It does. I mean, you, by, by his ADP, for those that don't know, in this month in like Rotowire Online Championships, he's, in the, he's at the end of the second round. That's what you're looking at. Uh, so he's he, right now he's at 29. Uh, and it's just like, wow, if that's what you're going to take. And like, I, I agree with Justin on a per inning basis. It's amazing. You know, take Eno's uh, pitching plus rate. It's amazing. Take Nick Pollock's PLV. It's amazing. It's like, yes, but you know, take Jeff Zimmerman's injury risk. It's not so amazing. And that's where it all, you got to put all these inputs together. And I know that the, the, what if here is, could be amazing. But it's just like every year it's been something. And right now in camp, all he's doing is throwing low effort fastballs. Is that the phrase we heard earlier this week? Low intensity fastballs. Those are the kind of fastballs I throw for the yes. record. Yeah, low, low intensity, intensity fastballs. And, and it's stunning. So he is <laughs> on the board for wagering. He is plus 500. He's the number one guy in the American League Cy Young market. And to me, that's like lighting your money on fire. Yes. Like I can't. Yeah. How do you put him ahead of Garrett Cole or even Otani? Like Otani's complicated because I think he gets traded. But I know the American League is wide open for that award, but holy crap, how is he the number yeah. one guy on the board? I dumping can't, dumping uh, Cy Young futures on the ground would be like Justin and I walking in there and dropping Super Bowl bets on the commanders. It just, yes, it's not going it to be just like light yeah. lighting on fire. Uh, so, anyhow, I mean, but I'll say with my bold prediction, so I'll, I'll put somebody in the top 20. I'll put George Kirby in the top 20. Uh, Ooh, so like we'll, 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 take, <clears throat> we'll take DeGrom out, we'll put George Kirby in. Uh, what I love about George Kirby is you know, he just does not get himself into trouble. Uh, extremely stingy with walks. has been very stingy with home runs. You know, I, I took a look at this when I when I actually wrote up the bold prediction, looked at, okay, show me young pitchers, 24 or younger, that, that came off a season with a strikeout minus walk percentage of at least 20%. And these are the guys in the last few full seasons. So in 19, we had Paddock, Bueller, Giolito, Flaherty, and Bieber. And then in 21, we had Trevor Rogers, Logan Webb, and Julio Urias. And then last year, Kirby and Spencer Strider. Those are the pitchers that were able to do that. And like the next year, everybody was all in on all those guys uh, from 2019. Urias, everybody was back in on last year. Everybody is really high on Strider this year. And it's like, yes, so Kirby doesn't have the strikeout potential that the rest of these guys do. But he is truly, I mean, to me, I believe he's one more pitch away. He throws five to six pitches, and the fastball and slider are where he makes his minimum wage right now. But, you know, makes his money. If any one of his other pitches can take a step forward, he could take a bigger step forward. And I love George Kirby this year. Um, I understand that he may not get, you know, be the innings workhorse. But I believe everything else across the board, the wind should be there. The ratios should definitely be there. And the strikeouts have the potential to be there. So he, he has the potential to be in that four category and work his way up into the top 20. When you look at ADP right now, George Kirby was sitting, he's sitting at 97 uh, in February. And the 20th pitcher is currently <laughs> Devin Williams at 55. No, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I mean, I prefer Logan Gilbert a little bit more to George Kirby because he's got those innings, uh, you know, already kind of uh, done. We've seen it before and we haven't seen that with Kirby yet, but I have no problem with Kirby's skills. Like, I think he if, if he gets the innings, he could definitely do that. Yeah, I'm high on Kirby as well. I, I love that whole rotation. I, I like the Mariners. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, the win total last year for the Mariners, I think, was 81 and a half. And we pounded the over on that. And that was, I mean, that was mm-hmm. just easy. It was an easy one. And this year, look, you know, the, I like what the Texas Rangers have done. Don't get me wrong. I actually, I actually think the Rangers, if everything breaks right for them, could be the third best team in that division. Better than the Angels, honestly, because I think they have a little bit more potential depth. 
But that Mariners rotation is really good, one through four. I mean, that is a any given night, those guys can go out there and throw an ace-like performance up. And you look at the ADP of those guys too. Like, uh, if I gave you a fantasy rotation of those four guys, I bet you'd be pretty happy, right? If you took those four Mariners, I'd be okay with that. I'll take that. Yep. Group. Well, and don't don't undersell their bullpen either. <laughs> the bullpen, no, Munoz is. I'm all over Munoz. Well, Munoz, Seawald. I mean, they've got good stuff out of that bullpen as well. I've seen enough Paul Seawald that I I know a Paul Seawald. That, like Munoz is the guy. Like, oh yeah, Munoz gotta, is absolutely the guy. I'm just Munoz talking like guy. I'm just talking about from like a real baseball perspective. Oh yeah, oh, if there's a bridge to the gap, yeah, the they, they've the got a deep. And I I, yeah. I don't know if it was like people noticed. Uh, if you look at roster resource, there's been a recent bump, a uh, change of the. Uh, the lineup projection. They got Colton Wong setting the table when they made the sign. When they made the sign, Colton or the acquisition rather, Colton Wong was in the bottom third of that lineup, and uh, Jason Martinez currently has him moved up, hitting at the top, which makes a lot of sense because Wong has the OBP chomps. He's done it in Milwaukee, and the the lineup as it used to look was all right-handed, uh, and you got to mix a little bit in there. So I thought. Actually wrote up Wong as a bold prediction for me because I liked his market value with the potential of him surge jumping from six to the top. Uh, and that's where Martinez has him right now, hitting leadoff in front of Rodriguez, France, and Teoscar Hernandez, and Suarez, and Raleigh. Uh, mm -hmm. So you got all those righties with Raleigh switch hitting capabilities there. And, and Kelnick's currently hitting seventh, but that's where Wong was. Uh, so just wanted to like you know pay attention to the uh, the batting orders here in spring as as Jason continues to make adjustments uh, in there. But I just looked over and saw Wong's now up there. Whereas you know two weeks ago when I wrote up the Mariners bold prediction, I have Colton Wong as as a guy that has some hidden value because of this particular thing could happen, and it looks like it has. That's that's amazing, especially you know when you have the uh, the next AL MVP in that lineup too. Julio Rodriguez doesn't right. hurt. That's right, next <laughs> AL MVP heard it. Go get it. It's ten to one. Go put it in right now. That's the dude. Uh, it's not a bad bet right there. Uh, all right. You want to you bet right here. I mean, clearly this guy is going to win the National League Rookie of the Year, but that's not the bold prediction part because that is just chalk. Jordan yeah. Walker will be a top seven third baseman this Whoa. year in fantasy. He's going to make the opening day roster. He's going to push out. I, I think it's going to be Dylan Carlson, honestly. Uh, he's gonna play in the outfield. He's gonna have uh, he's gonna have eligibility at third base in the outfield. He's got power. He's got enough speed. Uh, he is going to be an absolute monster from the get go. I love Jordan Walker this year. Anybody yeah, disagree? I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Walker. I mean, it's a good thing he qualifies at third base because he ain't gonna see third base with Nolan Arenado there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but but look, third base ain't great. So I, this is bold ish. But not crazy because you know the drop off is we're Gunnar Henderson at eight, so why not? Um, I, I threw a comp on him from watching. I was trying to watch more film on him, and he reminds me offensively of Jermaine Die a little bit. Remember Jermaine Die? I thought that was a good comp. He had a strong lower half. Uh, good, you know the power comes from you know the same kind of spot there, um, and just reminded me a lot. I was watching some of the old highlights back and forth and trying. I was trying to find a comp on this guy of what Walker was. And I think offensively he could look a lot like that and. I think that um, hopefully we buck the trend with St. Louis outfielders in the system being bad because or I mean, trading them away. Well, here's the thing: it's like <laughs> you know, Piscotty, Grichuk, Bader. Uh, I mean, O'Neill Rosarena special to me. I was gonna say the only good one was the one they got rid of, which is a Rosarena. Tommy Pham. Well, Tommy Pham had some successes. I mean, Tommy there, there were. I, I don't know if it's a matter of depth charts or just like giving up too early on some of these guys, but they've moved some outfield talent. 
it's crazy. They're like the anti-Braves. Like the Braves, <laughs> the Braves never miss. I feel like, like you look, look at the Braves batting order right now. I mean, it's Acuna, it's Ozzy Albies, it's Austin Riley, it's uh, gonna be Vaughn Grissom. I mean, like it is crazy. Like if I'm Drew, in Drew Waters person, disagrees about the Braves. Drew Waters, yeah, but they traded him, didn't they? Yeah, they, <laughs> like, they were like, okay, this guy's not it. We better move him because he has the Braves mystique about him right now. But like, you know, Pache was another guy too, maybe. But like, for the most part, man, that Brave system hits. But it's been a while since we feel like somebody from the Cardinals came through there in the outfield and actually delivered on the promise. And Carlson looks like just the latest in that line. So I'm with you on Walker. I, I'd like, I'd love to see it. I, I only zag when everybody's so in on Walker. I can't help but look for a reason not to be. And it's just my nature. Yeah, I get it. Right. And you. so the and I mentioned this uh, on one of the Sundays that you know Justin and I talked was we have not seen him face triple A pitching yet. I mean, he's faced AFL pitching, double A and lower. And in in double A and lower, those guys tend to struggle with their location. They may not even have the off-speed pitch. They may not have all their repertoire. For me, I want to see how he handles experienced pitchers that have that that can command that can locate and can find weaknesses as we were talking with Kelmick earlier I want to see what happens if somebody is like oh you have a big long swing like you mentioned Jermaine Dye and that's an excellent comp Joe it's like early on Jermaine Dye had trouble covering the inner part of the plate and so if they find the Mm -hmm. same type of problem with Walker and experienced pitchers can just sit there and, and, and do that to him how does he adjust how does he handle that kind of thing so it's like the talent's you know, you can't argue the talent. It's just we have not seen him face upper level experienced pitchers and how that how he just if he gets up there and just rakes and mashes that, then okay, you know, he could be another Julio Rodriguez. Uh and I, yeah, I'm wondering if the market would have the same anticipation of Jordan Walker if we weren't coming off a year where we just watched Julio Rodriguez make that adjustment in season where the umpires were like literally just like giving him a lesson in major league uh, in life at the major leagues in the first month of the season. And he's like, okay, fine. That's the way you're going to be. I now know what to expect. And I'm going to go out and just break. Uh, so a lot we'll of double a jumpers too. Like uh, Evan yeah. Longoria comes to mind, right? Yep. Like he was a guy that never played triple a yep. who kind of hit the ground. Running. Yeah, like a week but, and a half. <laughs> yeah. There's a, but there's like a, not a lot of guys. You, I mean, you're seeing some of them now with these it's, advanced it's college happened, players do it. It's, it's happened, happened more, more be, because I don't think, I don't think teams want their pitchers being exposed to triple a hitting in the triple a environment. So you're seeing, you know, That's a lot of part of it too. I think you're seeing, you know, a lot of guy or a lot of teams go, Hey, there isn't any good pitching in triple a right now. Mm-hmm. So w- let's just jump these guys from double a to the majors uh, and just kind of avoid like these bad locations. So I, I mean, I think it's very possible. He obviously could get sent down. He hasn't had a single plate appearance at Triple A. Could get sent down to Triple A to start the season. But I think he's up early either way. Uh, and third base is so bad, like he, he could easily. Be if he's up early in Memphis, or hoping he gets sent down, they're like, mm-hmm. ooh. <laughs> he, let me tell you, if he gets called up right away, he's he's definitely in the running for what you're saying. I mean, because third base is kind of, it is a hot mess there after a certain point in time. And I would say this, oh, I'm sorry, Joe, that means. No, go ahead. No, No, I was going to say, don't forget if you're an NBC, uh, NFBC format, pay attention to see if he gets drafted in yours and then gets cut. Because if he does, you know, get him on the watch list. Cause that way you can fab him early 
because uh, yeah, it happened. I ended up getting O'Neill Cruz for two dollars in this in one of my leagues wow. this way because somebody dropped him, uh, drafted him, dropped him, and then I was like, okay, I think he's going to come up here. Uh, Justin, I think you and I did an episode. We were trying to predict when Cruz was going to get called up, and we looked at the schedule. And we were like, oh, June thirteenth, it's going to be this date, right? And so I picked him up at the end of May, and I got him for two dollars. Now, did I wow. win that league? No. But I was able to get O'Neill Cruz for $2 with everybody else had to pay up for him in Fabapalooza. So pay attention to who gets drafted in your draft. And then if they get cut, keep them on your watch list in NFBC. That way you can try to get ahead of the game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Joe, give me your last bold prediction. All right. Well, I had a bunch here, but I'm going to I'm going to give you a positive one because I, I mean, I was so negative about DeGrom. I've upset people in the chat. I see. Like, I'm just I'm sorry. I just I'm trying to keep it real. Uh, Luis Severino finishes the top 12 starting pitcher this year. Uh, I think kind of almost the best thing that happened to him is that he only threw 102 innings last year <laughs> because I, I think he kind of needed to be brought back slowly. And this almost kind of forced the Yankees hand to do that. The lat injury that he had. Um, but if you look back at what he did over the 102 innings in the 19 starts, 112 strikeouts, a three one eight ERA in an American league East. Now the schedule is going to be different this year too. Remember it's the balance schedule. So you're going to get a little bit less of the American league East for the American league East teams to play, which I think is a good thing for some of these pitchers, especially guys like Carlos Rodon too, you know, if you got a little less than some of those other ballparks, it might be exposure, but the whip was at 1.0. I mean, Severino plays in a situation where he's going to have offensive run support. He's going to have a pretty good defensive team behind him. And on top of that, I don't think he's going to have any handcuffs after, you know, about 110 innings last year. I see no reason why he can't be, back in the 170 range this year because that's not far into him. So the more removed he is from injury, the fact that he didn't get overtaxed last year too much, I think is very important. I think Severino is sitting in a spot like you're looking at him and the investment you have to make. Uh, right now he's the 103rd player going. He's the 32nd pitcher going off the board. And I'd be happy to take him as my third starter. And that's kind of what he's shaping up to be because I think at the end of the day, he could finish up as kind of a low-end one. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with it. going to a contract year. You know, he wants to throw yeah. as many games as <laughs> ding, he ding. can uh, to prove to <laughs> you know all the potential suitors that he is a you know SB one. Uh, I have no problem with that. I love Luis Severino. Luis Severino has been good every time he stepped on the mound. The question is, how many innings do you think he's gonna get? Throws one eighty. He yeah, he's he's potentially a top twelve starter. Yeah, I can't argue. I'm actually staring at a trade offer from somebody in my 18-team league who uh, has got too many keepers, uh, and he wants my first overall, my first pick from the minor league draft, uh, which was Kyle Manzardo, and he's offering Luis Severino as part of the package. And even the Yankee hating me is like, I may have to take that one. I mean, it's so much upside at this point, yeah. right? I think that's what we're looking at. I mean, how good do we think the Yankees are going to be, right? This, right. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we talk about in football so much, and I'm starting to trying to bring this over to the baseball community. We talk so much about good offensive ecosystems, right? Yes. Good teams and what that means when you make investments on them. You can love a player's talent, but if he's on a crap team with no lineup protection or a, a great pitcher with no bullpen and no offense to help him, it's going to limit their ceiling where Severino has all those things going for him and a really reasonable investment price. So why not take that leap with that player as opposed yeah. to trying to make a player on a lesser team, you know, look at some of the guys going around him. I mean, I love Hunter Green's talent, but 
I mean, Severino's going to get a lot more W's. <laughs> I was just going to mention, I love the I love the use of ecosystem because I was going to say that that is the Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo versus yep. Luis Severino. Severino. It's like, I love Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo as pitchers. Sure. I just hate when they pitch. And it's not yeah. just the ballpark. It's everything else around it that limits their upside. And there's a, there's yeah, a and hard was good in that ballpark future. last year. He was actually bad on the road, which yes. always stuns me when you get the Cincinnati pitchers with the negative away splits where you're like, how'd that happen? I don't understand yeah. how that happened. It's small it, sample. Weirdness. It gets weirdness. Uh, I would say, you know, because time-wise, uh, my bold prediction is looking. I want. I'm saying Jorge Soler. It finishes the season as a top 50 outfielder. I wrote this up last month, and he was 70th. And so we're talking about an 80 to 85 ADP jump when it's all said and done. But you know, he had a lot of things working against him last year. New contract, new home, and you know, you've heard me talk often about the holy trinity of hitting. It's got to be quick hands, feet, and a core. Well, he ended up having core surgery at the end of the season because he was trying to play through a core injury. Uh, and you can't, if if you're if you can't use your core, your power is not going to be there. But before he got hurt, his numbers were right there with everybody else. And he's going to be hitting in the middle of that Marlins lineup that has, you know, just added Luis Sarayas and his ability to get on base, Jazz Chisholm. If he can stay healthy all season, fingers crossed for those of you guys just listening. So he's going to have a nice spot in that second-year rebound uh, situation. I love Soler's market price right now where he's closer to the 300 than 200. Uh, but he has the ability. We just saw what he could do recently once, it, once he got traded to Atlanta and helped take Atlanta to the World Series title when he got out of the, the headspace that he was in in Kansas City and went over to Atlanta and just started hitting and then carried them all the way to the World Series title was part of that equation. I'm looking for him to have a really nice recovery season for the Marlins this year. And like I said, I love his market price right now. I wish I was in the NL only uh, draft that I could take advantage of this right now. But I, I was just looking his ADP and like he's now jumped to 64th. Uh, and so it's like people are starting to get in. He's gone as high as 215. So people are now starting to like, oh, yeah, look at, you know, do I want to take a late power dart on Joey Gallo or do I want to take a, a late power dart on Jorge Soler and give me Soler like 50 times a week over Gallo at the price? Uh, he literally just went in a draft that I'm in currently right now to friend of the fantasy baseball industry, Yancey Eaton, at pick 278. So. Uh, yeah, you you are getting. Nancy's a, pretty, a smart dude. Yeah, I know I he's in the pretty, chat, so that's the only reason I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we've got to wrap things up. I'll just give my my last bold prediction, even though we won't have time to really discuss it at all. Uh, Kyle Bradish and Jose Suarez are both top fifty starters this year in fantasy baseball. I'm with you on one of those. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> which one is he with you on that one? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about I, I'm it. with him on Bradish because I wrote him up yeah. at length in November uh, in the collect calls, him and Josiah Gray, uh, and saying of the, the, the there's some similar upside in both of them. Uh, but I really do what I, really do like what I saw from Bradish this past mm. year uh, as the season went on. I always say, go do your homework, go look at what he did uh, in the starts against Houston and Tampa Bay back to back at the end of July. You know, he had 10 and 12 strikeouts in those two games. And both, just look fantastic doing so. Both of them made pitch mix changes uh, at the end of last season and were fantastic down the stretch. Uh, I, I think you're sleeping on Jose Suarez a little bit, but unfortunately, we we have to wrap up this segment. And I want to give you guys each an opportunity to uh, promote and plug your work. So, Jason, want to remind everybody where you can on social media and then plug what you got going on. Yeah, find me on Twitter. Find me on Mastodon there. Uh, find me uh, the Collect Calls column, which usually runs middle of the week at rotowire.com. Uh, if you don't have a subscription, rotowire.com forward slash try. Get you 10 free days. We're even running a deal with Underdog Fantasy. So if you 
do something at Underdog, uh, you get six months free of Rotowire. So three easy ways to get in, do that. Uh, I will be at First Pitch Florida next weekend. If you are there or at one of the spring training games, I forget which one we're going to, Cardinals, Mets. We're going to like two games. Find us uh, if you want to come by and say hey. Uh, and then I'll be running the Tout Wars, one of the chat rooms on March 7th. So I'll be on Joe's podcast, I think that Monday. And then that Tuesday night, I will be running the Tout Wars chat room. So you can come find me there. Man of many hats, Jason Collette. Yes, and... I have a hat rifle right over there too. <laughs> one for <laughs> I wear a different one every time I'm on an episode. <laughs> Joe, where keep you reach? And what do you do? Uh, what do I do? What do I do? Uh, I talk. I talk a lot. Um, you can go check out the Fantasy Baseball Black Book 2023, an incredible list of contributors. Eric Cross's top 100 profiles of the prospects. The Welsh did all the infield stuff and the draft strategies. And even Paul Sporer, we let him write up all the pitchers too. Uh, it's a great oh, way. Uh, you know, it's like a charity. Oops. It's a charity case. Oh, he's in the chat. Oh, I didn't see you there, Paul. Uh, but yeah, love you, Paul. Uh, but, uh, also. Uh, check that out because it's also been newly updated in February 15th too. So we're up to date. That's a nice thing about being on Amazon is you can update the guide and you don't have to live with something that was published in December. So that's, that's a big plus. Um, check out the fantasy baseball channel, our YouTube fantasy pros, MLB. Uh, we've up to almost 10,000 subscribers already after just two years, we do a leading off show every single day, myself and the Welsh. It is hilarious. It's fun. It's baseball. It's fantasy. It's wagering. It's DFS. It's everything. And you can check me out at Sports Grid too every Sunday talking baseball and football from eight to ten a.m. on the uh, on the big TV screen there. Justin Mason, thanks for putting this together and always doing such great work for other Indeed. people. We appreciate you. Speaking of Eric Cross, he's going to be on the next panel. Oh. So if you like Eric yeah, Cross and the prospects, stick around. We got a prospect panel. Well, I'm going to leave because I can't stand that I know, guy. I know. but <laughs> you are going to give away a fantasy black book I will. for the people that have uh, donated. So I'm going to hit my handy dandy randomizer and steve cosolino not that he needs any more help you but he wins a fantasy black book uh steve cosolino fantastic hey, that's one player. of my roommates at first pitch florida next weekend oh, i was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say does steve really need one maybe we should randomize another one i'm just maybe, 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 maybe he decides he doesn't want it and i'll, I'll give it to somebody else well, but if he doesn't uh, want to give it to somebody else we'll yeah. give it to whoever you want because we're just Absolutely. like i said i'm always so happy all the good work you do for for good causes every year well, thank you guys. I unfortunately have to boot you out and move on to the next crew. 